GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Nintendo! April 30th, 2015. I am your host, Jose Otero, and you are listening to IGN's Nintendo Show. Back for another exciting edition. Here with me, Brian Altano. Rap, rap. And Per Schneider. Our people are dying. (laughs) (laughs) Per, why do you have Star Wars on the the, brain? The entire day I've been doing bad, like, unexcited Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman impersonations. It's just, it's because... They were only there for the paycheck. It's almost May 4th, and so yeah, you have to practice, yeah. Okay, so here, take it again, one more time, less emotion. Less emotion. The boy's dangerous. We all sense it. Why can't you? <laughs> uh, a little bit too much emotion there. Take it down a little bit, you and That is an, an award-winning actor talking to a green screen. He's so good in all the other movies. I know. Yeah. What do you uh, mean all the other movies? You mean every other movie he's not ever been in? Not the other Star Wars prequels. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't mean Attack yeah. of the Clones Anakin, or... Wait, uh, I'm, no, I'm not Avengers. a prequel hater, by the way. I just feel like what, when you rewatch the movies now... The, the dialogue, you know, the dialogue in the old movies is, is stilted but kind of fun. And you get that the, the people are enjoying themselves. Yeah. They may not be good actors. But now you got good actors and they're clearly not no, enjoying No, no, no. But yeah. the, the dialogue in the old movies was stilted but it was still delivered in a way. I, I mean, I agree with you. But yeah. I still feel like those, they own those characters a lot better than this. You have really good actors uh-huh. in the prequels that just did not care. Or that were the, the, the fun was beat out of them on yeah. set. Like that had yeah. to be what happened. Anyway, that's enough of that. So uh, <laughs> let's start with some Game Center CX. Uh, there was an event uh, that was linked to me over the weekend. A lot of people were talking about it on Reddit. And apparently Nintendo showed a bunch of Mario Maker footage at an event for Game Center CX, which oh, is, you don't know what that is. That is Retro Game Master. You may remember it was a DS game that rolled out here. Really wish the show would find its way over here, but uh, the, at least it does in fan translations. If you don't know what Game Center CX is, take a moment, pause the podcast, go over to Google, Google that, and then come back. When you're when you're done with that, go on Amazon and buy Retro Game Master, which is an on, awesome on game. DS, right? it'll play on your 3DS. Um, they stopped printing it, but I, I'm, I have I assume it's like twenty bucks now but mm-hmm. it's fantastic it is it's, really it's good a game. really really great yeah game. great nods to classic uh video games but 
more importantly, to the footage that was shown for Mario Maker, oh my god, it yeah. looks so yeah. good. The hype levels have gone like they've gone Nova after watching that, and it's weird because it had not like they showed it at the Game Awards and it had a new trailer. It showed like a new art style, but I feel like everything they've shown up to this point feels very. I shouldn't say pedestrian because that's not true. Because at E3, derivative they is have, probably a word. No, but you get you got snippets before. Yeah, you got little snippets of elements. And you're like, oh, it's cool. You can make big goombas, or you know, you you get all these little elements, and you're thinking about how you'd apply them. Now you can see entire levels and what happens when insane people make them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yes. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. These levels that are very vertical with a lot of um, sort of hidden gags. Basically, they were designed and people played them there. Um, for quick context for you, but every <laughs> just toss game design out the window but it still had a really cool flow to it where everything was very vertical it had really tricky jumps there were giant Goombas and invincibility stars all over the place in certain areas and you just had to kind of hang on for the ride yeah. so that's I think that's what I appreciated about this 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 demo or this play session the most was the verticality of it. I think is that that's what kind of surprised me is when I think of a Mario Maker or Mario levels, especially the old NES ones, um, there isn't really a lot of height involved in them aside from like maybe taking a, uh, you know, the the vine up to the clouds or something like yeah. that. But you're never really like too high up. But this you started, start I mean, there's actually in the original Super Mario Brothers, you can jump to the top of the level and run along parallel with the score and, and the timing and everything. Mm -hmm. But this like, this got into Mario 3 levels, but, but with but, Mario 1 Yeah, graphics. but levels of trickery too yeah. that I just had not seen. Like where he jumped over a gap and he had a question block like pop there. A hidden one, so a hidden coin, block, yeah. Yeah, a coin pop there and then they were scared to jump that way again because they didn't know if there was another one. Which yeah. is actually, this level was pumped people, you can yeah, tell, right? Yeah. Like he was placing hidden blocks where he was expecting people to try to jump up to mm -hmm. get somewhere, and you don't die, but you get the setback, and you're like, "Oh God, how am I going to get out yeah. of right. this situation?" And yeah. basically, we've seen I've seen stuff like that in the in the Mar Super Mario Brothers modding community for years. That's it's a very like clever tricking thing to do is to put that invisible block somewhere during a key jump. Mm -hmm. um, but all of that is being sort of legalized by Nintendo right now, which is really cool to see them take something that people have wanted to make or actually have made for so long and giving creators those actual tools. And the reason I really, really like this game is because I I wanted to love everything that a game like Little Big Planet was doing in theory, but it never grabbed me with its sort of floaty or physics. The mechanics didn't but, aren't, aren't yeah, that good. Yeah. They're not. And I actually loved the creation uh, tools are freaking they're amazing. fantastic. Yeah. And I they loved were. going I loved going on the Little Big Planet servers and downloading levels that were based on Gradius and Contra and mm -hmm. uh, Kid Icarus and all this stuff like that. But then you'd go in and actually play them and everything sort of felt like this kid's diorama, it's everything kind of floaty and things are hanging and stuff like that. It was more sightseeing than yeah. level and enjoying right. level for its trickery but, and puzzles. Yeah. But for for platforming, yeah. Mario is king, and to give creators the tools to build any kind of levels they want, like I'm, I'm legitimately starting to get really ex excited about this game again. So what worried me? Help me, help me understand this too, because I, I uh, signed out on Little Big Planet after the first one. I think I played the second one mm -hmm. for a little bit and still felt the same problems with there and moved yeah. on. And we're not talking about the physics stuff, like the floatiness. I, I'm, I, the bigger problem to me was the gap between playing a level and being the creator. And I felt like even though the creation tool set was very deep and very well thought out and tried every single way possible to take advantage of the controller, mm -hmm. the gap of helping me to understand how to make levels was never addressed. It's mm. daunting. But, yeah. you know, and that's where I, I feel like 
that game is more about seeing stuff what others have made, and it's about the 1%, right? Like in, in the world of kind of online content creation, we always have this 1% of users who are your super users, the guys who are listening to this podcast, who comment, who submit wiki, uh, who edit wiki, submit content. And that's what this game, that, that's how this game came alive. They were people who were so freaking talented at mm. designing levels yep. that they functioned like machines or looked Someone like Someone made a calculator. Yeah, you yeah. remember that. And yeah. the same in, you know, you can say the same about Minecraft in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but what Mario Maker does, I think it does kind of democratize the creation a little bit more because it's m it's even more playful to create a level in this game than in Little Bit Big Planet, which yeah. already tried to kind yes. of gamify that. Well, yeah, and and sort of swapping between testing and building seems seamless, right. seems very smart, very fast. I will yeah. say though that uh, I wonder also if it's taking a lot of cues from. WarioWare DIY, hmm. which I don't know, uh, folks listening to this podcast remember yep. that game very well or very fondly. It, it launched about the same time that one of the DSi models launched. I want to say it was either the regular DSi or the DSi Excel. But I will say that that game, what I found very genius about it was that on top of having a, you know an art interface for you to draw art, a sound interface for you to make music, which I, right now Mario Maker does not have, by the way. You're so far that we know of, you're using stock Mario tunes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you have a place I, to make the graphics. I have a feeling graphics. it's going to stay that way too. Yeah. So you have a place to make the graphics. You have a place to make the music, and then you had a place to make the AI. But what was interesting was that the gamified angle of all that was that you can take a contract like job from mm -hmm. Wario, and he's like, "Hey, I need these graphics for uh, you know mm -hmm. something," and you'd be like, "Okay," and you and you would make the art and then insert it into his game. Like in other words, like everything else was built except that piece that they were asking yeah. of you. I just wonder if Mario Maker is going to take a similar approach, if they found a way to just kind of so, gamify and make that. Side thing. note on WarioWare uh, DIY, somebody actually published a game the other day that they made that's about refreshing your keyboard waiting for Amiibos to go on sale. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they actually made it like rows of pixelated Amiibo and a big F5 key that you have to keep hitting. Mm, that's yeah. hilarious. Really then smart. Hear, Waha! Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how in-depth they'll go. I know with WarioWare, it made sense to give yourself a Music Maker program because um, you work creating video games from scratch essentially but i think that this is so squarely in the mario universe mm -hmm. that i think th it's it's almost mm -hmm. it loses the familiar familiarity of mm -hmm. not having those stock sounds sure sure um Unless they give you that full orchestrated suite of blips and bleeps that you used on the NES yeah. back in the day. Uh, well, so. Koji Kondo is the is the sound director on this game. He hasn't done that in a while, so I'm yeah. sure he's going to come out swinging too. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if they have like a progression where you know Nintendo is is really good sometimes to a fault, right, holding your hand, but they're really good at doing a tutorial to get you mm -hmm. into something and make it less daunting. And yep. this, by definition, is a construction kit, which yeah. means it it will be a little daunting to some players. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do they? They like give you do they start you off with a small level and say like hey do this and then you kind of graduate so like, just to teach you how to construct it I was thinking a lot about that like what is the I know the the whole game can be a single player mode but I, my my theory is that this game will have a mode that acts like it's half construction kit and half original Super Mario Brothers where it's basically you're getting you get halfway through a level and then there's just a gap and it's like how should Mario cross this? And like they'll provide little challenges. This is my theory. And that they'll say, you know, here's your tools. Here's the three different tools you can use to get through this. To get players familiar with getting to the goal, but also filling in the blanks at the same time. So I think it, I don't think it'll just be like 
Open seas and have fun. I think Nintendo's a little better at leading people in like that. So I think it'll be like level 1-1. One, one, you'll get to somewhere and it, there'll just be a huge hole. And you'll be like, I don't know what to do here. And they'll be like, well, try one of these three things. Do you want to use the springboard to yeah, jump yeah. all the way across? Do you want to make these platforms to go all the mm-hmm. way across? And then you'll get to the goal and there'll be fireworks and you'll jump up and down. And it'll be like World 1-2 introducing <clears throat> this. They're always very good with – and you talk about this a lot about like – taking a mechanic and then running it through the car wash of mm-hmm. every possible thing you yep, can do with yep, it. Absolutely. I think about what they do with like the Mario versus Donkey Kong games where they show you that quick little tutorial of like, here's how the springs work or here's mm-hmm. how these levers or switches work. And then here's 10 levels exploring every possible way we can interact with those. Yep. So I have a feeling they're going to do, they're going to tutorialize the way you're actually it, um, playing through. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm just super excited about what, fans are going to do with this because the rules for a Mario game are so clear, right? Like Little Big Planet is a good example where like if you see an enemy, you can get lucky, get get past them or you can fumble your way past them. Like it's very it's very forgiven, forgiving. Yeah. This is like in this game, if you get hit by an enemy, you, you die, right? Yeah. Like if you're little Mario. What what you could do is you could build a level that's all about trying to get a mushroom so that you get big because the exit of the level has a fixed enemy that you have to walk through and hurt yeah. yourself to get yeah. out. Yeah, that's right? smart. Like just think about that concept, right? Like you can build this Rube Goldberg machine to get you to a mushroom just so you can survive the level mm-hmm. or something like you can have fun with a very kind of you know basic setup of what a Mario game does. Yeah, Absolutely. we've we've seen we've seen some of the like the test example levels where you you're, you're never touching the ground. You're always finding yeah. something to hit or hop on. So here's my one fear about this game, and it's not really about this game. It's a, sort of about the future of Mario. After this, this kind of breaks future 2D Mario games forever <laughs> because I kind of feel like some now of the it has to have that you think well no it's just that I think that no matter what they come up with and, I, and this is not to downplay their genius but I think that no matter what they do it could not possibly stack up against crowdsourcing to <laughs> thousands or millions of potential Mario makers you know yeah. all over the world remember you're getting a, a set tile set and you know to be fair it's a classic one right yeah. like the mushroom kind of upgrade the fire flower these are tried and true gameplay mechanics and and upgrades but that means they have to really innovate with the power-ups in the next game to make it fresh and really kind yeah. of change things yeah. around and, right? and art style i'd say too because yeah. i mean this they're actually burning through what is it it's it's super mario is it mario world mario, mario 3 mario 1 and and the new super and mario, new super style. mario Brothers. Yeah, so that's, that's i mean that's for their most recognizable art styles i guess yeah. they're not going with mario 2 right yeah. although we did see the bob bombs that are yeah sort of... so no so so far from looking mm. at footage uh one thing that is apparent and if you've watched any of the rewind theaters that we've done at IGN, we've talked about this a little bit, but it's that because they're unifying uh, ostensibly four generations of Mario, yeah. they are basically putting things that aren't canon in other er- like or at least yeah. not not so much not canon, but they weren't part of those original games. Yeah. The Wiggler is an example of yeah. that. In the last trailer, there is a Wiggler sprite for Mario 1. The Wiggler wasn't in Mario 1. Nope. Or uh, Yoshi, right? They're even bending the laws of uh, you can put wings on a fire flower and yep. it'll fly out of the question block that you find it in. And I just think that's nuts. Um but the bigger question they're not answering right now is in terms of power-ups as a whole, does that, does that same mindset apply to them? So, for example, are you using a cape outside of Super Mario World? So yes, far, I no mean, footage seems to suggest how that's being addressed right now. So, uh, from what I gathered, it's, 
it's mostly hovering around Mario One physics and uh, and items. If if they're going to start getting into flying and stuff like that, I, have we really seen well, any of that? So Yoshi is shown on the website too. That's another. Yeah. I mean, Yoshi's yeah. technically he he's almost like a power up. That's also on the website in Japan mm. for this game. Uh, so I still feel like there's a huge question mark in terms of how power ups work, and maybe they address that at E3. Yeah. I also think at E3, do they address what's the amiibo hook for this? It's obviously going to work with the Super Mario series, and you're probably launching the second wave the rest of the Super Mario series with this game um, just putting that out there. or we'll finally get surprised. those pixel art amiibos I've been wanting uh, that would be nice yeah just Sad. take the rest of my wallet and throw uh, it in the trash. and then and then also uh, in line with maybe um, and it may be too soon to ask this question but what's the long-term support for this game gonna look like I mean are people going to be downloading mm. anything to add to it of course it's too soon to talk about DLC and they're yeah. not going to talk about DLC but is this the kind of game that can even support that? I think this is, yeah I, well this is the kind of game where DLC uh, literally creates itself I mean we're getting to, I'm looking at this as we're getting endless Mario sequels from this from this game well and New Super Mario Brothers 2 had like packs of levels you were able to download but yeah it's unclear to me yet what uh, it's too soon to be even talking about this but at the same time I just wonder it really I mean they're there, there are so many different approaches to to utilizing future updates. Like what you guys brought up, like the music maker could be a tool set that you add to the game in the future, yep. mm-hmm. right? Like think about how much money um, you know Minecraft has made with skin sets that people download. It is probably not going to be very hard for them to change all the skin sets around. Where they could have like a like a Zelda edition or something. Like sure. you, you can imagine Luigi, them. Yeah, Luigi, Luigi Maker. Luigi yeah. Maker. I'm actually more interested. I'm more interested in seeing developer packs of sort of like it's five bucks and Kojima makes ten Mario levels. Oh like, yeah, that yeah. would be. I'll really totally cool. try that out. Yeah. You know? they tr- so they did try um, a similar developer with, tactic with WarioWare, with WarioWare right? DIY, but they weren't charging for it. But like Sakurai made a mini game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Yoshio Sakamoto, the producer of that game, made a mini game. I think Sakamoto might be involved in this game too, although I'm not 100 percent sure. It just it seems like his style of game. I know but, this is Tezuka's world, and it's it's uh, if you keep up with the Mario series, you should know who that what that name and who mm-hmm. that name is. But uh, I have a funny feeling it's also they, a Sakamoto project. They did give all those levels away for free, though, right? Uh, for, Mar- for for New Super Mario Bros. for WarioWare. For WarioWare, yes. Yeah, but not for, for New, New Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers, Brothers 2. 2. No, you paid for those. Well, those actually, they, they felt more like challenge maps in that they were. They, yeah, they were kind of like a little more bite size and, and time. But even quicker. that game's approach doesn't seem part of Mario Maker. Or is it? I don't know. Could you just shower gold coins everywhere? And like, because that's kind of what that game went for. It was more of a high score attack uh, with money and you trying to build up and amass these coins. I don't know. There's so many questions. We could be here forever talking about this. I just wanted to close that out with there's still some pretty big questions that are absolutely going to get addressed at E3 yep. because this is a September game. All right. Next up, the spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie is a thing. It is uh, called Ukulele. Ukulele. Yuka and Lele. Yuka is the chameleon. Yeah. Yuka is the chameleon, and Lele is a bat. And there's a dynamic and similar style that, uh, you know, is very similar to Banjo Kazooie. It's made by a lot of the same team. Uh, the art, if it feels familiar, is by Steve Males. Who uh, M A Y L E S? That seems like males, um, and these are basically folks from Rare. Now seems like they're gearing up for a Kickstarter yeah. to revive uh, what is left of you know sort of the platformer. Yeah, May first is when the Kickstarter is going to kick off. They've shown us some footage. Um, you can find it on IGN. 
uh, if you look for a project ukulele or yeah. ukulele. Yeah, um, ukulele. The, the footage, by the way, represents three weeks of coding work only, so it's super early, and you can see it's it's actually choppy. It doesn't run very well. It doesn't have like enemies really. It's very devoid. Um, but you can get a sense that. That it looks very much like just an HD, yep. simple HD version of Banjo Kazooie. So yep. now the question is, how much money do they want to deliver to develop? This yeah, game? what's the project goal? You know, the pro the price for the game is fifteen bucks. Um, you know, uh, you get a copy of the game for fifteen bucks if you're a back backer. So you mm -hmm. know, cheaper game. Is the Kickstarter launched already? No, it's coming, okay, and tomorrow. and they've been really quiet on what the figure is yep. for in terms of how much it's going to take to get sure. this made. But also, Windows, Mac, Xbox One, PlayStation Four, and Wii U will be getting this game. Yeah. So it, it's spread. it looks it will look and sound like Banjo. The question is, will it be as charming and as tight as the original Banjo Kazooie? Or, you know, be more like Banjo-Tooie, like a bigger world, mm -hmm. are they going yeah. for that? Yeah, I almost wonder um, where where and how this is going to work out. But if you're interested in that, make sure you check that out. Um, mm -hmm. If the, you haven't seen it, you should totally look at it. The logo even looks like, it, lo it looks like when you see, like, dollar store versions of your favorite <laughs> products. Um, I'm really excited for it because I, like, we reached an oversaturation point in the late 90s with 3D platformers uh, where they, they – it's just – there were so many of Earthworm them. Earthworm Jim, Arrow the yeah, even Even Donkey Kong 64. Like I actually tried Bubsy. to replay that game. Oh, my God. There were so many. Mm -hmm. Chameleon Twist. Like all yeah. these – just so many. And oh, yeah. uh, I got so sick of them. And then they went away for so long that I'm actually uh, – I'm totally ready for – Maybe not a comeback, but to see a few here and there start popping up and, again. So, and that's yeah. the that's the question, right? Like, is was Banjo Kazooie an expression of these guys' like style and art style and talent, or is this trying to mimic Banjo Kazooie retroactively? Right? I gotta yeah. think it's like this is the, the their expression, like the kind of game they want to make. Mm -hmm. And I I gotta think they really liked the formula that they stumbled upon with with Banjo Kazooie, that kind of interplay between two characters. Yeah, it was really clever, and they had really good kind of that. The characters were fun. They weren't yeah. amazingly designed characters, but they they were so much fun in the levels. But what what did uh, I, I want to back up a little bit? Because what did happen to the 3D platformer? Like I feel like uh, I mean, obviously Nintendo still rolls out Mario games, but um, in terms of everyone seems to agree there was this saturation point. Was but was it also that just no one was really discovering anything incredibly new yeah. in the terms of the 3D platformer? platformer because, the yeah. mascot because the platformer is around. You yeah, know? it like is. Just have more story and has assassins. But, and, uh, but, mm -hmm. but uh, well, that's true, I and guess, to a degree. And first person in a lot well, of ways, and, right? and independent developers are making platformers, I feel like, all the time. They, mm -hmm. A lot of independent and development and indies seem to rely on the games or create the games that they grew up adoring mm -hmm. or mashing up genres within that. But I don't know. I, I sometimes... First of all, it's long overdue that this happens to shooters, I feel, and it hasn't. Uh, well, that's because the violence and military kind of look sells factor is still there, right? Like the mascot platformers, I think as gamers grew up, some grew out of that kind yeah. of style and yeah. said, hey, that's for babies. Yeah, but where's the kids you who know? are replacing the older folks yeah. that are coming out of this hobby? They, but they don't, and they're playing Skylanders, right? Which is kind of a representation of the classic platform, sure. even though it's Gauntlet rebooted, yeah. basically. Absolutely. But, but no, I think kids want to grow up much faster, right? That's where your 12-year-old does want to play Call of Duty mm -hmm. rather than playing Banjo-Kazooie or, or Mario. No, I think it's just that people grew out of that kind of Disney art style. 
style in a lot of ways. They also, you see that with Disney movies too. They don't look like the classic Mickey Mouse yeah. cartoons anymore. They also, I mean, uh, first-person shooters are always uh, like showpieces for new mm-hmm. consoles and for consoles in general or PC specs. People max out their settings to show how good a first-person shooter can look. And 3D platformers used to be like that. Mario 64 was absolutely mm-hmm. the first benchmark for what a, a 3D home console should look like in terms of like polygons and how it should control and stuff like that. Yeah. But you can look to if you want if you want to know why or why people aren't making these things anymore. I mean, because the company that makes them best stopped making them, and that's mm-hmm. Nintendo. Nintendo makes platforming games, but they're not, and they are 3D, but they are not in the same way that Mario 64 and Sunshine were, or or any of the rare games mm-hmm. were. I mean, Galaxy is basically bite-sized worlds that you're shooting around to. 3D World are kind of smaller levels that sprawl a, a little less differently than I would say something like Mario 64 did. But that that openness of like, here's a huge field and a whole bunch of things to explore and collect and climb on. And, yeah, and, and the and, others didn't sell, uh, right? What? They, they were. I mean, we had a Mickey Mouse game from Warren Frickin' Spec- Spectre, yeah, for yeah, example, yeah. right? Like that had more had, to do with the game. We than had it did, Psychonauts. Though. Like we had interesting um, concepts. Yeah, but those are mm-hmm. still. Yeah, but those are interesting concepts that still had. At least I, I did not play either. But huh. the, the perception, the perception I got was that they both still had a handful of problems. Whereas, not to you know contribute to any kind of bias, but I do feel that with uh, platforming specifically, Nintendo seems to have their finger on the pulse of how to keep it fresh through the whole thing. How yeah. to make it fun and keep it fresh regardless of the fact that the entire game revolves around the act of platforming. Yeah. There are levels, there are entire fields in Mario 3D World that blew my mind only because they're based on just one idea. Yeah. Trampolines was one of them where I was just like, oh my God, what yeah. is this? And then you'd play another one and you were on speed pads getting like mm-hmm. rocketed around a level. Like I think that there is something to be said for how you pace a game and how you design those things and I think they do that really well. But I think they, I mean to be fair that advantage has always been there i feel like even in the you know in the 16-bit days it was still they were nintendo's platformers and they were just always a little better than the other guys but you also had really competent you know kind of genre mix-ups like you castlevania and mega man with with shooting mixed in like those were all memorable but i think it just came to a head where there were too many of these mascots where you know people are like oh i don't want to you know i don't want to Buy this bat I don't want my game. water. <laughs> Throwing my water across the table. I don't want this bat game. Right? Like you come, you came to this point where like every character had been used up, so mm-hmm. you yeah. didn't really want these characters. Uh, and then so many ideas had already been done, and Nintendo has always done them better. Now, but I feel today, like you can copy paste the same statements about shooters today, and for whatever reason, it's not going guns, anywhere. Though. Like again, like I think there is this kind of gritty realism, kind of military. I agree with you. I just I'm shocked way, that not, it hasn't happened. Not yet. every shoot, shooter succeeds. Right, mm-hmm. like there have been plenty of shooters oh. that aren't that good, yeah. but it, I think it's also scary when you have Call of Duty and Battlefield at the top for companies to to even try to enter into the fray. They're gonna say like, you know what, we're gonna do something with a character. That's why you see so many more third person action games now, right? They want to have an ownable character rather than have the gun and like the technology be at the front, forefront. But I will say that look at the Lego games, right? When you have a strong franchise at the core, people will overlook deficiencies in gameplay. Those are platform and puzzle games at heart. 
they are, the gameplay mechanics are not that good. They're but boring. they're really fun because the characters are so charming. They're yeah, actually they're fun with other people. They're yeah. boring alone. Well, they're yeah. actually the closest. It's interesting you bring that up. They're, they're probably the closest to Mario 64 and Sunshine that anyone's doing these days because they give you worlds that you then have to return to with slightly better or improved powers. And they do give you that kind of openness. Like in Lego, you can just beat the level or you can go collect every stud to max it out. And that was yeah. one of my favorite things to do in Mario 64 was to replay a level and get 100 coins. Right, you just don't have that in 3D World. You just have this very—it's you start here and you end here. There's a mm-hmm. flagpole at the mm-hmm. end of every level, and it's not an objective-based flagpole the way it is in Mario 64 or Sunshine. Yeah, where it's but like, they—but oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you no, no, off. No, no. But they—but they do embed like sort of a mini challenge in that if you want that five-star clear file, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. beat that stage with everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, and I love yeah. that. I do love that. And that's there for people who want it, uh, but. It, it is what it is. Yeah, the, I mean, the genre is not completely dead. Nintendo still is around with 2D, right? Yep, yep. The, trying 3D. Yeah. The, uh, they've been quiet on Rayman, though, for a bit. But I mean, they've it's like two their, years old. I mean, they've used their, their kind of cool art style engine on other Child games, of Light. Like Child of Light, yep. and they've done the Valiant uh, Hearts. The, yeah, Valiant Hearts, yeah. the World War One story. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely experiencing, uh, experimenting more with art style rather than with platforming yeah. per se, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. But it's, I mean, the genre is <clears throat> alive and well on mobile, obviously, right? Endless ru- runners for a while were the only mm-hmm. representation yeah. for platformers. No, on mobile, and, they, and they are fun. It's evolving, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they do take away the control of what I enjoy with platformers, mm-hmm. but they still find a way to be entertaining of their own right. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's not easy to nail platforming in the in, in a 3D world either, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember even playing the early ones, like Jumping Flash. Do you remember that game mm-hmm. where, you know, like, it was... Easy to miss a jump, not because you suck, but because you couldn't tell. You yeah, know? You, you just tell couldn't line up. My favorite thing that disappeared from uh, older, like early 3D games was when you pressed a button and there was this tiny delay and then it happened. Oh, remember? oh yeah. Those were some of my favorite ways to, actually not favorite. I used to yeah. just you know curse and jump yeah. now and I'll jump half an hour later. <laughs> what I was thinking about the other day that I really miss, uh, my wife <clears> saw me playing Super Mario 64 and I put the controller down and I talked to her and she looked up and she goes, is Mario sleeping? <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they used to do that in every game yeah. where you left the controller alone and the character would get bored and pull out a Game Boy or just yeah. tapping. fall asleep on the floor. Yeah, Sonic was yeah. just like, hurry yeah. up. I yeah. love that. That was yeah. so like uh, third, you know, the fourth wall. Just yeah, like and the first out. thing I'd do with those games is to wait and see yeah. what would happen. Yeah, and so you bring out yo-yos. It just doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. You just don't really they see a lot They have little things, though. Like uh, I loved in 3D World, and we talked about this back when that game came out, but you can stomp on a Koopa. He pops out of his shell, grab the shell, and then you could just play keep away. Yeah. And he chases you. Yeah. And then eventually he gets tired, stops, mm-hmm. sighs, <laughs> and just says whatever. That's so, <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> it's so tormenting. I know. But it's so, so funny. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so let's take a break right here. And when we come back, since this was a light week on news, it's time for the question block Sweet. once again. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
back. Jose Otero here with Brian Altano and Paris Schneider. And it is time for your favorite segment, uh, our favorite at least sometimes, the question block. We have questions from all over the internet. And uh, props to everyone who has been sending questions, by the way. These have been getting really good. I feel last week the one that I almost cracked on, or that I did crack on. Oh, oh, you cracked. That's documented. Um, You cracked. It's it's documented very well. Um, That that batch just kicked off just a wave of really good questions. If you're thinking of submitting a question, you can do that by going to nvc at IGN.com. Also, keep in mind... Try to stay away from the yes or no answer. Like, should yes. they make this game? Of course they should. Rather, try to hone in on what's the discussion. What's the thing we actually should be talking about? And less prediction on, oh, well, they should bring this back. And, and keep it brief. You can <clears throat> always have a question. If you want to give us more feedback, if you didn't like something or you loved something, you can always write a little bit more below. But keep the question, like, really concise, like yeah. two sentences. Yeah, go for that. All right. So let's start with a question from Josiah. Josiah asks, with the release of Shovel Knight on PlayStation and Xbox consoles, Yacht Club Games, the developer, has added both Kratos and Battletoads to the new versions of the game. Do you think there should be an update for the Wii U U and 3DS version to add a wandering traveler from a Nintendo IP? And if so... Who do you want it to be? Well, I don't think that's I don't think necessarily that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like I think that Shovel Knight is out on uh, you know, sort of the Wii U 3DS and unless it's something that Yacht Club Games feels like doing. Yeah, so it's I was not gonna it's, be a thing. I was having what? this exact same conversation with Marty Sleva the other day, and he was like, Man, Nintendo got kind of screwed on Shovel Knight. And I was like, why? And no. he's like, Well, PlayStation got Kratos and Xbox got Battletoads. That's that's you know, throwbacks to some of their classic franchises, even though Battletoads is not a, really an Xbox thing. No one really has any identity Mm -hmm. with that and he's like nintendo didn't get anything and i'm like nintendo got an entire game (laughs) built around super mario mega man zelda 2 all of the old tropes and all the old moments from those video games signature nintendo the the entire game (laughs) is a nod to nintendo so without having one single i mean yeah mario doesn't show up or link doesn't show up but the the entire game is is a nod to nintendo fans so you said they got the entire game yeah they got the whole game that's right they got the game before any other platform so and that's why you know the the developer didn't add anything outside of the obvious homage of the entire game they didn't yeah. add any characters when you know they took it to Microsoft and Sony I mean you know this famously when offering a, a game for download there were all sorts of little rules and stipulations it's got to be made for the Xbox yeah. so it's mm-hmm. got to have something special and I think Nintendo had some clauses like that too right yeah, so absolutely. that was a no brainer to work with those guys to put those characters in and they didn't need that for Nintendo because the entire game was original yeah, yeah. Yeah, I asked. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, looking, we I watched uh, Brendan Graber, who works uh, here at IGN. He he does like he's guides. In the, yeah, he does guides and wikis, and he's also an editor here. He um he captured all the stuff of uh, unlocking Battletoads, mm-hmm. um, and they're 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 like direct one to one remakes of classic Battletoad levels, mm-hmm. and by classic, I mean really bad, awful levels that are now here again in in HD. Uh, so I have, I sort of feel like Xbox guys got screwed the most because they got Battletoads and I don't know if there's really any lineage <laughs> there. And Battletoads is not, it's it's sort of like the way Sega fans for the long time, longest time were like, oh man, Alter Beast, remember that? And then you'd start it and you'd be like, oh yeah, this game sucks. And then you'd rip it out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> immediately. So it's like, yeah, wow. it was a cool throwback. Words again. Dude, that, that 
that Come game on. sucked. Right. Like, Which I'm one? Sorry. Altered Beast? Altered Beast was hot I garbage. Think, I think uh, I think Battletoads, there's Rise some... Rise from your grave. Totally. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's <laughs> so... Is that from Star Wars? Perhaps. Yeah, that's you and McGregor in Star Wars. Too much information. Rise from your grave. Yeah. Now, I thought Battletoads was interesting. It had it had a couple of great ideas in it. And, you know, it was a quirky sort of post Ninja Turtles thing going on. But it's not a good game. So to get a whole section dedicated to it is interesting. And Kratos was never really 8-bit. So I really still feel like Nintendo fans won on this one. Well, I think this is part of Microsoft trying to take trying to exercise franchise care now, right? Like yeah. making sure that you don't forget that they do own some of these characters that they've got. You know, they, they got Conquer. You know, that's why they pull it, putting him in, in Project Spark. So I think that's what that was. Like yeah. they talked to uh, to the developer and they said, oh yeah, why, why not Battletoads? It mm-hmm. was probably Chris Chala, our, yeah. you know, our, our friend who loves Battletoads. Well, I, it, it makes me think like at E3 this year, Microsoft's going to be like, Coming up next, fan favorite, Battletoads. Is this like Remast- when Killer Instinct yeah. got announced? And everyone was like, who wanted that? Yeah, and it was like who, remastered in who? HD, and it'll Come just be. On. But the game cool. turned out okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, Killer heard. Instinct actually yeah. turned out way better than People any of the old Killer Instincts. Yeah. But Battletoads, come on. Come no. That's going to be a head scratcher. And people are gonna, in the room are going to cheer and clap because they remember it, and then they're yeah. going to play it, and they're going to be like, oh, that's right. That was, that was Nintendo's Altered Beast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair With a big fist. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it would be really cool if they released an update and, mm-hmm. and had like a kind of like a second coming for this game so that people remember it's on the Wii U eShop because it's like you know games get forgotten like, so, and, I'm, right. and we talked about you know some of the new ones like um, you know affordable space like mm-hmm. this one yeah. like they get forgotten too fast and so like doing an update with something special would be really cool who'd you put smart. in though what, what, to name it who Link. do you want you, uh, you would put too Link easy in. why I don't know yeah the minute he loses, they're like, level, nope, shovel knife's not better. With, uh, yeah. with Zelda, Zelda, enemies. Zelda 2 Link. Yeah. Or Zelda enemies. Okay. Yeah, Zelda 2, we haven't seen that Link in a long time. I mean, the entire I mean, town Miyamoto is based to, on his yeah. towns. You know? The shovel is. Yeah. yeah, people like to get Miyamoto to throw that game under the bus these days, Zelda 2. That's all That's all people seem to do. Are you having fun? Really that bad. Scrooge McDuck would be a good, good have him fight that. That's, mm-hmm. that's another nod. Yeah. It was a great experiment. All right, so any any you got a character to throw in there? One more or? No, I'm, I don't st- have I'm sticking with my asking. answer. Yeah. They, the okay. whole game, the whole game is a, is is a nod. Okay, to fair enough. We're done. And pair through his water bottle. So that means next question. <laughs> uh, here we go. This one comes from Bryce, and he says he loves the show. Thank you, Bryce. Do you think this E3 we can expect more new Nintendo 3DS exclusive games similar to Xenoblade that's going to push OG 3DS users like myself to go out and get a new unit? So this this struck me as an interesting question, right? I mean, new 3DS exists. It's out. We have a Fire Emblem game coming. We have Animal Crossing House Arrest coming. We yep. have... Uh, Yokai Watch, which is yep. these are all games that so far seem to work on OG 3DS. Where what is the next new 3DS exclusive? Oh, I, I don't I don't think that uh, that Animal Crossing House Arrest works on original 3DS. <laughs> uh, it will because when it, the day so it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because it has the it comes it with has, the hockey yeah, puck, it has right? Little, it's uh-huh. a big puck now. Yeah, yeah. That, that thing's like a salt shaker now. Yeah. <laughs> it's serious. Uh, I hate to throw it under the bus, but it, it was rather. Large. I like how we've just we've just we just nailed down that it's Animal Crossing House Arrest. It's now. your yes. fault. You <laughs> say it good, every good, time. Good name. <laughs> no, but seriously, Animal Crossing. Ha- uh, <laughs> Animal Happy Crossing. House Arrest. <laughs> Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer is a thing. It, it's it's nice. It, it's yeah. cool. 
But yeah, what what's the next 3D, new 3DS exclusive, guys? Like, is it a Wii game? Everyone wants to jump on that. I one, mean, right? right now it's got to be a port of something, unless they're making something from scratch that's that that's that taxing on on the hardware, right? Because okay. most it and it doesn't seem like. I mean, you look at something like Box Boy or Puzzle and Dragons Mario Edition, Metroid like, Other M. It's coming. It could be something like that. I God, think it's too Why would risky. you even say that? I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm partial. Yeah, because you can't. You can't. You like. It's just that that whole sentence is a roller coaster. You say Metroid, <laughs> I get excited. You say other M, and I dip right down into the depths. All right, of how about hell. Metroid Prime? Other M. <laughs> no. <laughs> but how would that yeah. work? Yeah, With no, lo- yeah no? sure. I would love Metroid yeah. Prime on a handheld. Mm. Are you kidding me? What? The f- original game doesn't have any camera control. So you retrofit you just the original on. Metroid Prime and put it on Wii to use motion controls, yeah. and then you ported it again to 3DS and took them out. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm working that on right wor- now. That doesn't work. Of with course me. it could. Although no, you could like, do the Sunshine. Other, I would like the, that back. I do. I, I, Sunshine would be controls. awesome. Like I do think that they 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 have to focus on a remake because the install base for the new 3DS is not there. And so that would split the market if they had a major new game coming out yeah. just for this platform. I think that's really risky for them at this point. Mm-hmm. It's too I early. Know, I just I don't see a remake on, uh, of anything from Wii Catalog software that would be it. Cause I, just, I don't gains, see it. Yeah, the gains are just not there. Like Few yeah. people can t- tell the difference between something running on new 3DS and yep. standard. But yep. if you would have told me the first new Nintendo 3DS exclusive was going to be Xenoblade, I would have said... Heck no, you're crazy. Like there's that just would not have made well, sense. To me, to me that means it's like it's a game that appeals to a really hardcore audience. Therefore, those other guys that are gonna and that was the, the smart 3DS. move of, yeah. of putting it there. And I think that's gonna continue. I don't think you're gonna see like a big mainstream seller just for the new 3ds. Well, I think they want to make sure everybody buys their games. This, yeah. Well, this the, holiday the tough season, part right? is that like Xenoblade said their games is games is yeah I'm Gollum games is is Xenoblade was a good a good game to show off what the new 3ds could do in theory but i don't think it looks that hot like it's actually kind of an ugly looking game on, on the 3ds yeah. yeah it's it's a bit it's all yeah. It's all yeah yeah so to, in terms Crizzle? of being like Crizzle. look what the new 3ds can do yeah. it's not that so if they're looking for a flagship title that ain't it what i want and what i've been saying for ages is resident evil 4 Put that game on no. 3DS. Give us like the the best. The, give us you the. You want Wii. another Resident Evil Four? Oh, hang on, no, yeah. you did not just say that. Yeah, really? I want Resident Evil Four Again? on my three on you my new 3DS. New Resident you need Evil the tenth platform for that game to be on. Yes. that thing's on everything. No, I want the first every, portable that, that, it, that it works on. Every under the sun already has that game. Good, <laughs> let's put one more under the sun. <laughs> Why'd you make Jose angry? Like, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm actually joking. I, I mean, I'm I sorry, think the, it would the, be fun to play a Resident Evil on a handheld and a Resident Evil. How about the Apex? Texas of the Resident Evil franchise. How about that? I've played huh? it so many times, though. Like, oh, it's so you, it's you, not then. for you. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, for no, me. Clearly. I played um, it so many times, and I love it. Maybe it's Pikmin. I, I don't know. I mean, I just... Too small. Part of me... Too it small, is really yeah. small. Um, I just looking at... Whatever. We can do this all day. Sunshine. I don't, I don't so know Sunshine's we, perfect. Resident Evil Sunshine's perfect. Yeah. So I, you would, you would, you would, you would throw a Mario game at a smaller install base. You would do that. Or Mario 64, not HD collection stop it. new. Stop, stop toying with I have a feeling that game, that, that game's just, it is where it is forever. It's, yeah. in, the, it's in the two places it is. It's, it's on the done. virtual console, and it's on the DS where you can't play it. Oh, it's so good. I know. It's so I know. good. It's such a great game. I, I, was, I was replaying it recently. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. it still holds up. It's still a fantastic game. Unlike uh, Donkey Kong 64, which is still a pile of trash. <laughs> 
Just I, it's but amazing no, to me that those games came out anywhere right. near each other. Well, Bryce, you stumped us. We got nothing. All right. What? Yeah. I named one. You, you, no, games. we got nothing that Jose wants. Yeah. I wanted Sunshine. I wanted Resident Evil 4. That's a good list. Metroid Prime, Mother M. We got and a whole I, and good I list. Agree. Other Prime M had nothing. <laughs> Other M. All right, here we go. Next question. Thanks, Alter Bryce. Beast. Ne- next question <laughs> comes from uh, write in if you think you. Uh, no, actually, I don't. I don't know if I want to keep going with that one. Uh, Paul from England. He says. Here we go, guys. Are you ready? Uh, love. By the way, he loves the show. Do you think any Wii U games will be ported to the NX? The new console gives them a chance to connect with a with a potentially wider audience, and it would be a shame for those people to miss out on something like Mario Maker, which sure. I agree. I even think uh, that applies to Mario Kart Eight, even though that game has the highest attach rate of a lot of games it's still like a shame more people are not playing that thing because oh, it's God. incredible it's, it's it's one of the most perfect games they've made aside from battle mode it's like I, every time I go back to Mario Kart which obviously I did with the new DLC so mm-hmm. good. it is so good it's such a well made game I always look at the the graphics are yeah. so like you know you can say what you want about the power of the, the hardware compared to the other platforms but it's like that game does not have to hide. It oh, just no. looks so yeah. vibrant yep. and beautiful when you see it running. Yep. So even smooth. with even without yeah. uh, the anti-aliasing that people like to you know throw into the bus, and Nintendo no, just doesn't really do that good. often. Yeah. It still looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks and a really giant good. screen too. Yep. It looks yep. awesome. Yep. Fifty-five um, inches. I'm that's happy. a really good question. And you know, Mario Kart is a game that can easily make the transition to whatever this this new platform is. Well. Nintendo might have a curveball, right? It might be a Game & Watch that hangs from your wrist or something. But, like, if it is a home (laughs) console that is more powerful than the Wii U, you could imagine that. Because it does not rely on the tablet. Like, I think the tablet is gone with the NX. It's like, there's no way the tablet controller is coming back. No, Nintendo has a rich legacy. The concept of having a tethered tablet to your machine. Yeah. Well, you don't even need need it now for most of their games. If ports from Wii U exist, I think something that does the job has to be there. I think the bigger question is what you keep dancing around every time we talk about what the next thing is, which is, is there a handheld version that leaves with you? Yeah. But I don't think you can have ports on a system that doesn't have the two screens to support the ports. Like, No, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Mario Kart can be there... But but Mario Maker is going to have a but, harder time. No, I actually, no. That I, one would I think work some too. form of that, that tablet too. screen, uh, I hate to say it, but maybe makes a comeback. But in a way that uh, I don't know how they make it better. Uh, I just well, you, you if know, it I, is this if it is this hybrid device, that's that, the way it's going to. But that's, uh, that's it. how it's going. No, down. but but that's it. Like if it is a hybrid, then it is just a handheld you hook up to your TV, and hopefully you'll be able to crank out nice visuals like that. That is the one direction. If it's not this machine, that's going to happen with the next one. I know you don't think it's going to be ready. I think it's I'm, expensive. That's I'm a little, always been I'm my, a little my, worried about that too because, it. like, look at the Vita, right? Like, people are not exactly saying that's the machine I want. Well, and it, it is doubtful that Nintendo can make a machine that is so radically beyond that. And let's beyond, be fair to the beyond. Vita here. That is a sophisticated piece of hardware. That thing mm-hmm. f- does feel really good in your hands. Yeah. It is a solid piece of kit. And because of what smartphones have done to portable gaming, it's not picking up steam. And it probably never will, unfortunately. And that's where Um, I'm I'm like 90% sure that the next machine will not be the handheld hook it up to your TV uh thing. I'm just kind of... You've come around. No, it's like I I kind of... For me, it makes sense because they're spreading themselves so thin with the two-platform support. Like if if the next machine is not something that is all about making putting games on this platform super easy for third parties, it has to be a merger of their two main lines. Otherwise, they're not going to have enough games again. But 
It's the technology but they know it's not going to yeah, look as awesome. But the only reason they don't have enough games is because of the third-party problem. Yeah. We agree on that. Yep. It is the fact that if, if third parties were making Wii U games, we would not be looking at the past two years yeah. that where we were just sitting there for but, months going, what are we doing right but now? But think about if 3DS and Wii U were one machine, how many games you would have to play. That'd be an even, well, there probably not that many <laughs> either, but like it still costs cost money, costs time, costs I mean, money. You guys but, remember that the, the diff- there's, there's a difference between having a robust third party lineup and having a fan base who buys them. Yeah. And you don't. Like well, Nintendo yeah, fans yeah. don't care; they don't buy third-party well, games. So as much as they complain about them not being there, like they don't come out in numbers when it comes time to actually support these things. Well, and part of me also thinks like a fourth platform that's offering the same experience is not going to set no. the world on fire. Like I just I think these days it's more about finding a way to get whatever's coming to your platform to have something cool for the people who are on that platform, something that differentiates it from. Choosing from another platform. I would I would say that the the tablet controller thing is dead after the Wii U in terms of Nintendo's home console market. If they still want to pursue touchscreens on the handheld, that's a different story. But in terms of the home console market, I don't think they'll ever pursue the, the tablet. So thing then again. Wii U ports are out the tab. window. Well, that means that. yeah. So that means yeah. you're dead ending a couple of games in the same way you did. Look at something like Skyward Sword, right? You can't play that anymore because they tethered it to the Wii Motion Plus controllers, and that's yeah. that's where that game lives and dies until they figure out another way around it. Uh, Mario Maker will live and die on Wii U unless they figure out a way to put it somewhere else. If they let you use your iPad as a tablet, then maybe that's something you can do. But you're really, you're counting down the number of games that would really benefit, uh, that really do currently benefit from the tablet. And it's it's probably five first-party games that are just like, that needs a tablet. And you look at something like Zombie U, third-party, like third-party is not a lot to worry about. You have Nintendo Land, you have Mario Maker, you have Mario Party, uh, even, I mean... Mm. Does that even use touchscreen stuff? Not really. Oh, no. The whole Amiibo support. I think Amiibo absolutely makes it into the next platform, and the way that goes in is possibly through another tablet. Really? I I hate to say that out loud, but I think so. I don't think so. I think you sell another hockey puck. (sighs) I mean, Skylanders made it fine without tablets. I mean, they Mm, just sell portals. Yeah, but this is something that's baked into the hardware. And for them, it's such a moneymaker. Why leave that? why, Why abandon that? It's making them money. It's oh, I know. Them through some some tough times. I know. So I they know. got your money out of that. It got my money. So got we a lot totally of got money. off that topic, though. We did. But like, I mean, that's the that's the open. That thing. rarely happens. We on this we show. just we we honestly have no idea what the next platform is, and it's obviously very very early. We haven't heard of any developer getting kits or even an idea of what the NX is. Like well, anybody outside of Nintendo. We have, I haven't heard anything. No, heard no, something? no. I haven't heard and anything, so, but I will say uh, we that doesn't mean, and I feel like a lot of folks have been doing this, and next week we're actually going to tackle this a little bit, just some sleuthing, some looking mm-hmm. at sort of things the company has said and how what we think that translates to, the yeah. interpretation, if you will. Even if it's too soon to say it, um, this is something that's hanging in the air. And at E3, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they avoid it. So the only so the only way, just to bring it back to that one kind of console that's both handheld and home console, sure. the only, like, the one thing I have in my brain that keeps on saying, you know what, it's the likely thing to happen is that they look back at their history and their biggest success from a hardware perspective was the underpowered machine, was the Wii, where they created something that, or the was, Game Boy. that was not scary. It was all about creating a unique experience for, for the consumer. And it was underpowered. They, didn't, they weren't in the race with the Xbox and the PlayStation. Like, and so while we're sitting here going like, well, is the technology far enough to tether to create a handheld that's also your console? They may be saying, well, it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't mm, matter. Right. If so it it's is, current spec. If it's just if it's just as powerful as the Wii U, but it shrunk down into a smaller device that's a controller and a screen and a home and connects to your TV. It's, then it's all enough. the screens. I mean, it's three this screens. Is not, this is not just it's, Nintendo's message. What yeah. you're talking about too, like uh, the the I think the PlayStation Four right now is the first time in video game history where the console with the best graphics is also the best selling. Yeah. Historically, it was always the one with probably the worst. You look at the PlayStation 2, you look at the Wii. I mean, even, even if you get, get into like Super Nintendo and Genesis, they, Genesis was playing that whole game of we have blast processing, yeah. we can do all these things Super Nintendo can't do. I mean, sure. It's, but don't ahead. underestimate third parties in this equation too. Like I feel like PlayStation 4, and not to stay too much longer on this because we actually need to move on, uh, but I feel like PlayStation 4 is living off of its third-party support of more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that Sony's first party is still kind of shuffling behind the scenes to figure out exactly. I mean, they've, they've got a great template. They got, they've got cross-buy. They've got a lot of really cool options. Mm-hmm. They have PlayStation and, Plus. And being someone who buys into that ecosystem, you're getting a ton of stuff where yeah. if you own a Vita, you're getting a bunch of games. If you own a PS3, you're getting a bunch of games They're, that work on your system out yeah. of the box the day you get it. Sony's absolutely relying on uh, third-party stuff way more than first because a lot of their first-party stuff, if you look at like The Order or, mm. you know, a lot of that stuff's been kind of like Killzone or yeah. Knack. It's, it's, it sells well, but it's, it's pretty Knack. lackluster. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was their... that Does was that sell well? Remember we were talking about uh, platforming games yeah. earlier? Surprise! Um, yeah. So, but they've, they've maintained... That was, was kind of cat. Yep. Yeah, they've maintained in the same way the iOS ecosystem has, and that's basically just constantly having a stream of games, whether they're indies, whether they're third party, whether there's first party. There was always something happening on PlayStation Four, and you just don't have that with the Wii U. You have oh, like yeah. always, actually, with Nintendo platforms in general, you have just these three month chunks where nothing sure. is happening. Yeah, and that's where is... lower spec, a lower spec machine would help, though, right? Yeah. Like if Android can, if an Android platform can get people to make games, maybe that's yeah. the route yeah, Nintendo, but, want, Nintendo wants to take. Yeah, and I, let's I will, back up a little right. bit on that. On the, just sorry, on the last part of your statement where. Uh, yeah, there were three-month chunks. I feel like this is the first year, though. They've actually had a lot more success getting was, games out the door. I was actually going to yeah. correct myself in terms of I actually like a lot of the indie stuff that's happening on Wii U now. I think they're playing with indies a little better than they ever did before. Yeah, like, well, and they're playing with smaller games, if you think about it, too, in terms of Kirby, yeah, in terms of, yeah. uh, well, Mario Party is, is a full-fledged game. But yeah. I feel like we're already a couple of, like, it, it just feels like there's a lot more happening now versus the last two years, which oh, just, yeah, or, or even you look at, like, you look at on the Wii when it was basically just Shovelware and yeah. the occasional first-party game for for or a long even, time towards the yeah. tail end of its life cycle. Or even cycle. using DLC for Smash Brothers and Mario Kart as yeah. a way to just get your interest in again. This is a new Super Luigi U. This is no. like some serious like content to these games. And if they're smart, they're going to continue to beat that drum. Especially on Smash Brothers, I think they only just started, which was surprisingly later than I thought it would be. But yeah. hey, good on them. If that game keeps selling, that's that's what they need. All right. What what if NX is an Android console? What, like the Ouya? Yeah, like the Ouya, just a little better. The uh, Ouya's up for sale right not, now. Yeah, yeah, you can buy it. Let's Along with that. all the Ouyas that are up for sale right yeah. now. I bought one. I got, you did? I, I did. I have an awesome story about it. Did you, did you go to a retailer? Uh, no, I, um, I they sent ordered you one? it right at the beginning, mm-hmm. like okay. when it was kickstarted. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, yeah. All right. No, I went to a store and bought it, and when I asked the guy, he said, what? <laughs> I was like an Ouya, and I loaded it on my phone, on my Ooh. Safari browser, just to go, it's real, and it says you have one in stock, and I pointed at my phone. Look, I got to be honest. Like When you hook that thing up, it's so tiny, it's yeah. cool that it turns on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It does yeah. Stuff. I, I will go, last thing before we move on, I will say, though, uh, going back to your statement of it doesn't have to be a super-powered console, I agree with you. 
only because I think that with Wii, they did learn that they can be the alternative console in the house and get a lot of success yep. off of that. Because even though the Wii sold gangbusters, part of the message to them was, well, we're not as powerful as these. I mean, they didn't flat out say it, but we're not as powerful as those guys, but we're a great alternative in your home. Which yeah. basically yeah. what the Wii was. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's also like most households only buy one app roller or Vitamix yeah. or any of those other things that are once in a lifetime, <laughs> took, take over the world by storm, and then you don't need one again. I, no one who bought a – most of the people who bought a Wii didn't buy a Wii U afterwards, and it's because th- there wasn't – the same reasoning wasn't there. Like that was – that was like there was a zeitgeist to the Wii that uh, no one's been able to capture since. I agree, uh, yeah, but but it's still you know that kind of strategy that you can make money with the lesser hardware. Yeah. might still be fresh in their minds, and that doesn't mean that they're gonna call it Wii or anything. I do think that the brand is now tainted, <sighs> you know, it's, and so they're gonna move away from it. It's tainted, but, like, but like you wouldn't believe. But it is a cool story still, and I don't know. I mean, they they're gonna do their market research. It might be a cool story to families to say, here's a device that is both handheld and home, home yeah. console. So yeah. we'll, we'll see yeah. what We'll see. Goes. Sorry, we're a bit off the rails this uh, week. We're going right. to move on to the next question. Uh, this comes from it's good, okay. good friend of the show, Charles Gatson. Hi, Charlie. What's up, Charlie? Uh, I must say your pursuit of Amiibo glory is admirable, but I wonder, what will you do and how will you feel once Amiibos are readily available everywhere? Stop buying them. I haven't bought a fun. single one, but I can't help but think the day will come when I can go to a store and purchase one of each regardless of the quote-unquote rarity will this day come and how far off are we charlie that is an interesting Mm. question only because i feel if if the dark days of amiibo uh buying are over that's something that gets addressed at e3 and if we go through e3 and they don't say a word about restocking amiibo then this situation is never going to change we already have answers on this the answer is no it's not happening because they've already said that there are certain characters based on popularity that they will probably just never do again i mean they've implied heavily that they put out certain runs small runs like people like little mac i think we saw everything there was to see but to really answer his question, I mean, this 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 is a question that applies to any early adopter of anything. Like yeah. the re, the reality is, is that by the time you get yours, and even if you can just walk in and buy them, I've been able to look at mine for six months, and every time I look at them, I'm like, they're cool looking, yeah. and I get that little glimmer of joy, followed by all the angst and hatred that comes with having to know what I went through to get those little pieces. <laughs> so, like, it's the same thing of, like, you know, what was it like to get a Wii at launch? It was a pain in the ass. But when you yeah. got one, you got to play video games for six months longer than anyone who bought one six months after you. So early adopters have to struggle and they have to pay more money and they put up with all this BS. But when they get it, they get to enjoy it for longer than somebody who gets it later. I think I think you're onto something. I do think that kind of the anxiety factor makes people buy more than they than they actually rationally want. When I when I look at my collection, um, I am seeing the Mario Party ones, and they're kind of like the other guys don't want to play with them. Like they're yeah. kind of ostracized. They're outnumbered. From the rest of the group. <laughs> they're outnumbered. No, it's like there are too many of them. First of all, there's something special about the Smash Brothers ones, right? Yeah. Like because you play that game so much, and you know you know the the kind of roster of characters, and so there is this kind of Com, you know the, this this drive to complete your collection for Smash. I think though, now that I'm looking at Yoshi. And the Yarn Yoshis are really cool, but I don't feel the same need to have no. all three colors, yep. right? Like yep. Because they don't fit in with that collection. I don't have that same relationship with the, the, the Yoshi characters that way, same way. So I do think we're going to come to this point where... You know, once they're readily available, people are going to be more choosy. Yeah, once they started being like, oh, an uh, an amiibo is now a four-inch tall stuffed animal. I was like, 
thank you because that means I don't have to get those. Yeah. Like if in a year they'll be like, oh, here's a shoe with an Amiibo in it. I'm like, good. Don't need <laughs> it's it. Called Doesn't shoe-y. fit it with my collection. I actually like the Mario Party line because they're happy looking. <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh, I'm going to kick your ass. They and Mario's just like, hey, what's going on? they actually look up. They're not all looking well, yeah, up. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, the Smash series in particular, not only being the longest running series, but also yeah. the one that is showing the most signs of response and improvement. You just unboxed Wave oh, 4, man. most of Wave 4. You're missing Greninja and you're missing the Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff, yeah. yeah. But every single one of the ones you unboxed looked amazing. Yep. Like the quality is just through the roof these days. And it, there are no terrible rectangular stands or awkwardly colored globs of purple. Yeah. You do tend to complain when the amiibo is in the air. You find that very unnecessary. Well, like Wario is jumping and he's basically floating on two globs of glue. Right, mm-hmm. like same glue that I, I the animal, like, villi- animal Crossing village. I feel like we on. wouldn't have lost anything if he was level with the ground. Mm. Um, in this case, because it doesn't really look like he's jumping; it looks like he's still standing. Wow, right? that's what I no, get. It. They're trying to take the poses from the game, but he's like, doing like a jig. It's like a kick your yeah. feet, and it's weird. And so it looks yeah. dynamic and stuff. I, I so I, I don't actually mind it that much. It's much better than the P stand link and and yeah, any of the colors. That's an uh, abomination. Oh, the the booty on the on the Wii Fit The trainer? booty, like I feel so bad. She broke yeah. a leg. She broke yeah, and um, no, they all look good. All six look really good. Really like the way Pac-Man came out too. Um, you know, I'm a huge Pac-Man fan. If you watch the unboxing, I did it with Chris Call. Just look for Wave Four unboxing. Uh, we have a whole video where we talk. So, but so through. is that day never coming? Then is yes. is Charlie never going to walk yes. into a store? And they're all right there. There will be characters you can find forever, but I don't think I think some of them are just dead. The commons will always be the the regulars. But think about the Mario Party series. I don't get the sense that anybody has this kind of collection anxiety and like the passion for the Mario Party ones. I think they do for Toad. Smash. Okay, so that one they do for Toad. Toad had a very specific function. And one thing about the Smash characters is that it's the first time we see some of those characters in figure form. Like, think about that, right? Like, the Pokemon are more common. We've had figurines and, like, collectible little, like, you had Pokeballs with them in it. But, like, you know, Robin, Lucina, Little Mac, some of these characters, Villager, it's the first time we've seen these figurines. Toad, same with Toad. It's not like Toad's been, like... Produced in so many different mm-hmm. forms. Mario, we've seen so many times before. Yeah, and, yeah, and you'll always be able to walk into a store and get Mario and Bowser yeah. and Peach and, and Sonic. I mean, if you but, looked how common Sonic, even Mega Man, was shockingly common. Yeah. Like people were snatching what? those up. Really? Mega I Man was saw really a single Mega Man. In the oh box. man, Sonic, no, Mega Man's There were common. lots of Sonics, Sonics I saw right? everywhere. But. but and that's why I think Nintendo wants to make sure that the third-party characters aren't sold out, so it's a positive experience. I actually think Pac-Man is going. to I think be Sonic didn't sell out because Sonic plentiful. Boom came out. Mm-hmm. No, Sonic <laughs> is kidding. actually a nice. That's an awful conspiracy. I actually like that character, too. I think Sonic's a, a cool character, very iconic. One kind of the of, few mascot yeah. survivors left. Yeah, like yeah. a really iconic 90s character. No, but think about Mr. Game & Watch. Like, we've never had a statue of Game & Watch. Yeah, that, or he's... Olimar and the Pig Or Man Rob, and, which is... The, Rob. Rob is my end game. Like, he's the reason I'm <laughs> doing all of this, because I've always wanted, like, a little figurine Rob. I have the real, actual Rob on my desk, the one yep. that I had was I went, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um so, but, like, Rob, you're not going to be able to walk into a store three years from now and pick up Rob the Robot. Are you kidding me? Or Mr. Yeah. Game & Watch? And it's just not going to happen. But but that's – I think I think in the fu- – I think it's going to change. I do think they'll be more plentiful. I think the Smash Brothers line is going to be remembered as the one that broke us. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're on to something there, Charlie. All right. So last question, and then we got to go. Uh, this one comes from Robbie. And this hey. is uh, – Robbie see. the Robbie. <laughs> 
So he's really curious because it doesn't seem that this is the consensus, but he feels ever since Zelda got delayed, the most obvious thing in the world is how the next three years will play out. He feels Star Fox will be the big release this holiday, along with Xenoblade. Shocking logic. Uh, twenty. No, no. Xenoblade is a cool game, but I. It's funny how much. uh, It's not going to be a big game. It's not going to be a bit like it is a big game and it's a big RPG. But when people put it up there as like like Mario status, I just I kind of want to pump the brakes. Like, hey, you you should bring that down a little bit. Yep. Um, Sorry, Robbie, not to criticize you openly on the show so early. Twenty sixteen holiday will have one big release with Zelda. Twenty seventeen holiday will be all about NX. Does anyone really think Wii U has <laughs> legs to last into holiday 2017? He just does not see it happening. And he says, thanks for the podcast. He really likes the show. It has legs beyond? He said, he said well, 20, uh, that will last into holiday 2017. Will Wii U continue to be a thing lasting into holiday 2017? No, I don't is, think is so. It's his big question. No, I mean, but no, no Nintendo console has a glorious final year. Like, yeah. the Nintendo console's die hard it's like it's it's going really well and then they start to trickle out and then there's that last year where there's maybe one one and a half first party first party releases and everything else is just kind of like we're done you're yeah. thinking with n64 onward because the super nes stuck around yeah yeah, yeah n64 right? though fizzled out we Donkey fizzled Kong out Country was like we had a game uh when the when the n64 was already out yeah right? like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting how fast too that they can uh, abandon a platform when you think about how many wii's there were in the world there were mm-hmm. 100 million wii's sold and the minute wii u was the focus we're done yes that's, that's, that's so that stupid closed. it's not supported for close to a year i don't know if it's stupid i only only i say that because um it just sort of makes sense like you don't want to distract people from from what you know what's going on right now my phone my watch everything's Bing. vibrating right now yeah but um no but seriously like i just it, it I, I think it's just a common practice to them like they you have to do it you have to cut the cord but i feel like and, and they have the 3ds uh, line running you know alongside it so it's not like they're giving up on their audience they still have their releases and mm-hmm. their word out there that they're making games yeah uh no i do think the wii u is gonna i mean the wii u is the it's going to be tough to sustain the Wii U into holiday 2016. Honestly, like to be, to be completely blunt, I, you know, I think the Wii U as a successful product, I think that ship has sailed. That does mm-hmm. not mean that we're not going to get awesome games on it. Yeah, right. Like yep. as a fan of Nintendo games, we're if we are getting the Zelda game on Wii U, we're in for a treat. There's no question about it. And I think we're going to see some more cool software coming to that machine. But like I, 2017 is a real. Stretch. The Wii U can have a very healthy resurgence in sales if they drop the pride and drop the price. If they knock 100 150 dollars off of it and make it the family console that has this awesome library sure. of first party games, yeah. put out a player's choice line of games that are 30 40 bucks, yeah, um, but, but and with, just get it out in people's hands again. You know? Yeah. No, I, I like that logic. Uh, but with that comes that at E3, then they have to sell on the promise that for the next year and a half, uh, or at least going into 2016, there are a lot of games to wait for. Last E3, they lifted the veil on Splatoon. They lifted Mm -hmm. the veil on uh, the Miyamoto games, which we'll leave that alone. Uh, Mario Maker, they lifted the veil on most of what was coming in the rest of the year with, you know, really in-depth looks at Smash Brothers. Uh, I said Splatoon already. Uh, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, 
mm-hmm. uh, Mario Party 10. Like, they were basically showing you their hand for the next 12 months, yeah. right? Yeah. That has to be a thing at the C3. Like, well, they I mean, have it, to. It, I think it has to be a thing at every E3, right? Yeah. Like, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, but I think My, now more than ever, the smartphone announcement, sorry, Brian, I didn't mean yeah. to do that, but now more than ever, just the fact that the code name for the next system is out there has just made a lot of people shaky. Totally. I totally yeah. get that. Um, but it's... I don't think they've faced that before this early. I don't think they have. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it'll be fine in 2016. I think we'll see enough new announcements this at, at, at the C3 that'll make it feel like things are happening for the next year mm-hmm. or so, um, up, up until next holiday. Yep. Not this holiday, the next one. I think Star Fox will be a spring game that gets delayed in the summer because um, I, I, I think whatever that is, it's not ready. Uh, I do not see Star Fox coming this fall at all. You don't? No. What? Not really? At all. Yeah, not at all. I think I Mario Maker is going to be their big one this fall. No, that's September. When, when do you think Star Fox yeah. is coming? Next year? Spring delayed to summer. Wow. Well, so bad. do you believe this only because they haven't shown a single thing outside of what we saw in the room with Miyamoto or that I saw at that event? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you have the confidence even on video that Miyamoto said this is absolutely coming out before Zelda, but Zelda is no longer a 2015 game. So. Yeah. yeah. And that developer is pretty quick, too. I, I think we'll see. I think we'll see a Star Fox game this year. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about oh, this. No, I'm I'm convinced it's their big holiday game. We talked about yeah. this already. Zelda was their big holiday game, mm-hmm. and now it's not. So now they don't have a big holiday game. They have a bunch of small ones, and that's yeah. fine. That's just the way the chips fell. We, we talked about this secret. on NBC. We said, you know, what's their big holiday game? And I said well, they had one, and it's not there anymore. Yeah. So now they just have but Mario so, Maker. But now you're. Do- oh, I see. I thought. I thought we said now they have Star Fox. No. Oh no! See, that's what I, I think saying. that I think yeah, they we have both Star think Fox. That. Yeah, I think. But Mar- you delete it now. I delete it. Yeah, already. Yeah, delay, wow. not delete. Delay. It. Like, <laughs> it's, it's still happening. <laughs> I didn't get rid of it. Can, can I ask the thing about the pricing strategy for for the Wii U? Mm-hmm. You know, like we are we are talking about them dropping the price. I absolutely agree. By the way, if it was budget priced, right, like it would fly off the shelves. But it's hard to do that because Nintendo still has the manufacturing cost for the machine, and mm-hmm. they would be taking a big loss, which they the would. investor would not okay. Right? Do you know how like, much money they're making on Amiibo? That's an issue. Yeah, but that's beside the point, right? It like is. you're you're doing this calculation, like, okay, are we okay skating by with our sales, or should we get the sales way up? But we're drop, we're losing all this money on manufacturing on the hardware. But is there? Is there a cheaper version of the Wii U coming? Right, like that. You gotta ask that. Like, is there a revision coming where the screen is smaller and ch- a little bit cheaper? And like, you know, maybe um, maybe they're using new components that are just not as expensive as before. Um, and maybe it doesn't have any backwards compatibility or something. Better battery like that, right? life. Like, you know, that, you could see that where then they offer this as a budget line to a company. Maybe you take out one. Wii compatibility, yeah. which it would be strange only because that means uh, what happens when you Th- buy the Wii games from the eShop. Like, would they work if the backwards compatibility wasn't in the box? And, oh, who knows? And the tic- yeah. the tic- I mean, they couldn't do a trick where they drop the gamepad and say, now you can buy the, the Wii U works with the new 3DS and you can use it as a control. They couldn't do that, right? Like, it doesn't have the same kind of fast streaming tech built yep. into the 3DS. So it would have to be a cheaper version of the tablet. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yeah. I mean, I... I, I'd, I'd have to say that you'd have to make up money in software sales by getting more people in the door buying your hardware. Isn't that what every other publisher does? Uh, first party? It's like, what they yeah, try to not, do. Yeah. Not Tries so do. radically. R- remember, the Wii U may be not as powerful as the as the PS4, but it also has a device with a screen bundled with it. Yeah. Right? That is not cheap controller technology right there. Nope. 
And so that additional cost definitely means it'd be taking a bigger hit on that machine than, than Sony would. But you, ma- you make up for it elsewhere. I mean, what you say is you go, hey, here's a $200 Wii U. It comes with a $25 eShop gift card, which gets you basically a bunch of small games or half of a retail game, it's, which means somebody goes in, they spend the other $25. Then they go, I need a second controller. They go and spend $50 on a Wii U Pro controller or $30 on Wiimotes. And then they start buying more games. Then they go to the store and they buy 25 different Amiibo. And all of a sudden they have just a whole bunch of Nintendo stuff in front of them. Whereas with a $300 price point, you sell none of those things. So that's that's where they are now. They're not selling any. So there's one thing that makes that a bit of a tough pitch, and that's that the software lineup is not extensive. So saying you're going to make it up on the the software is a real gamble because there just isn't that much, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the good news is that Nintendo software holds its value for a long time, right? Or or they they don't drop the price on it. And so you would make some of that money back, even with some of the launch games that are still high priced. So it's going to be interesting to see. I do think the price drop's coming. There's no question about it. I think there are, you know, my guess would would be they announced it at E3. But I, I think that there are enough, there are enough strong first party or even third party games on the Wii U right now to justify that like here's here's our lineup here's what it looks like here's our console for $200 mm-hmm. and um, here's here's what you can get with it you know mm-hmm. there's right, right now i mean 2 years ago different conversation but right now i think you can actually look at it and especially by this fall if they were to intend a price drop by then um, which I always hate when someone announces a price drop two months ahead of time, and then you're yeah. like, "What am I supposed to do now?" Oh, remember that yeah. folly when yeah. we were in the room with Reggie and we yeah. heard there was a price drop, and then and when we came back, you had the same criticism. You were like, "They the price cut is in a couple of weeks. Yeah, what are they? What are you going to sell for the next few weeks? No one's going to buy it." Mm-hmm. Was your exact feedback, yeah. if I remember right? Yeah, that can't happen again. It's really risky. I mean, you you you're trading on the. Uh, uh, on the innocence of most customers out there who don't know that you're going to drop the price, right? Uh-huh. Like you're you're basically saying everybody's ignorant of of the the news online yeah. and people are going to keep on buying it. But no, I mean it has to, it would have to be a substantial price drop for it to matter during the holiday season, right? Like Sony and and uh, Microsoft have some big franchise. Like Halo def- definitely has clout, right? Mm-hmm. So Sony to a lesser point because they lost Uncharted sure. too into the next year. But yeah, yeah, yeah. when you um, price drop and you bundle with Smash Brothers, you bundle with Mario Kart. Take one of your heavy hitters and just throw the eShop code in there for free. It doesn't yeah. cost you anything in manufacturing cost to put an eShop code in there, and you don't lose money if you never were going to get that money to begin with. But you're losing game money cube. on that inventory in terms of you are selling a digital product, and even if it's not something on a retail shelf. That's still something that you are hoping to make money on. Yeah, and they, you know? they're hoping yeah. to recoup their R&D too, right? Like they got to yeah. f- not just fund the development of the last console, but the next one too, right? Mm-hmm. Like So there's a lot that goes into so running what's the, that business, making sure your shareholders are happy with your direction. So what's the solution? You pull the plug on the whole thing and put up the NX no, and I make mean, the I, same new mistakes all over I, again? I don't think that's, the, I don't think that's if, it. If technically feasible, releasing the budget version is the way to go. Yeah. Like the thing really doesn't need the backwards compatibility at this point, right? Like, does it, well... There's only three Wii games on the eShop to date, and I just still don't know how much they rely on that backwards compatibility. If they are made to run without it, so every time you hit the home button, and we're we're getting a bit dry on this, so we need to end soon, but every time you hit the home button, home button, why, did I just say what I think I just said? (laughs) Wow, who's a button is what we're going to say, right? (laughs) Every time you hit the home button in Super Uh Mario Galaxy 2, a Wii shell pops up. Yeah. yeah, the Wii shell that you know and yeah. love with uh, reset and manual pop up. That 
to me, and maybe it's been figured out on the internet, says it is in Wii mode. That yeah. thing we always go, ew, mm-hmm. when we hear about. Um, so, I don't but, know. but that's where I think you can take it to the chop shop, and you're you're just pulling out everything that's not needed. You're shrinking down the screen because the screen does not have to be that big anymore because not that many games use it effectively. Yeah. And so at that point, you know, I do think you can I, shave some cost off, and you can drop it a little bit. More. I really think you guys are getting in the weeds on things like the tablet, making the tablet smaller, or Wii mode. I mean, look at like the Wii Mini. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. stripped everything out of that, and yep. no one bought it. But you look at the GameCube; they dropped it to ninety nine dollars. Oh, yeah. And Wii Mini was ninety nine bucks. Yeah, but yeah. they dropped the GameCube to ninety nine dollars at what point in its life cycle when it wasn't doing doing too great. Yep. And there was a, a minor, a mild, you know, renaissance for it. People started buying it again yeah. because they said this thing's a hundred bucks. I can bring it anywhere because it looks like a little purse, mm-hmm. and I can buy all these play I choice have mine games in my for pocket, it. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a giant pocket. <laughs> Pair actually, you can't see it on this table. Pair was just gigantic. Yeah, no, I got big. <laughs> it's right. pants. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's yeah. A game so I don't know. Out. I think that's the way you do it. You incentivize people by giving them a free code, and then you say, "Go on the eShop and buy more." Like Mario Kart has DLC. People will go and buy it if they like Mario okay. Kart. Smash Brothers has DLC. You can go buy it if you like it. You know, there's ways to give people something for free as a code and have them. Pay money additionally if they if they keep liking it from there. It's what iOS is doing so well right now. Yeah, it'd or be cool if they doing. did if they played the value card. Um, yeah. I don't think it'll get them to. I mean, it, it'll it'll definitely get them more people and get them more interest in the machine. It's not going to revitalize the development market or anything. No, right? It's no, more no. of a kind of extending the life cycle of the machine pl- card. It's, it's getting yep. more people on board to play what is now and forever will be the Nintendo box. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think Ubisoft's more, coming yeah. back. EA's probably not coming well, back. And this one more than ever. And, yeah. and not just the Nintendo Activision box is. and that there's only Nintendo games. I mean more in the fact that multiple console generations are mm-hmm. on this thing from GBA to DS. Yeah. I've been playing more DS games on it just yeah. to try and wrap my brain around why mm-hmm. this exists. I do it. I've been playing Mario Kart DS. Me too. And the whole time I'm saying to myself, why is this here? Like I uh-huh. just don't understand the logic. It's, it's fascinating to go from Mario Kart 8 to Mario Kart DS on the and same I don't, television. Yeah, and I don't want to be like, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I don't want people to take from this like, well, I have to. But like, I'm not, I'm not trying to upset folks with what I'm saying, but I play these games just to understand why, yep. and I still have not understood, I've not found that answer. It's mm-hmm. a celebration of, like, the, it's the nostalgia factor of saying, I remember this game, I want to recapture the magic that I felt with that game. And then but you also, see it blown up on a 55-inch television, and you or, go, wait a minute. No, no, but hold on. It does have a gamepad, and so you can play that game I'm on so your glad you screen. said that, because when you try to do that on your smaller screen, which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100% should logically make sense. The options you have to choose for that game don't quite make sense. Well, okay, let me wait, wait, wait. I got to paint the picture for him. Have you played a, a DS game yet on Wii U? Oh, no, I haven't. So oh, man. there is the strict rule of either the top screen is the television. <laughs> this is, he's going to burst the into tears again. Bottom yeah, yeah. Screen, the bottom go. screen is, is the second screen of the DS, the touch screen of the DS, but they're not allowed to be swapped. Is what I'm saying. So you can't make your gamepad view the primary view because I, I guess you can't really touch your television to do the touchscreen stuff. You cannot touch your television. No. That's right. You could, yeah. You the can't, it just won't work. work. In my house, you get kicked out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No fingerprints on the screen. I had four but listen, kids, no, the bigger point days. is the bigger point I'm trying to get to <laughs> is that the emulation seems geared around the idea that you will now. always use the gamepad as some form of a touchscreen. And they have found every single way to put those two screens side by side yeah. except 
the same aspect ratio. Yep. And when they are the same aspect mm -hmm. ratio, you're turning the gamepad sideways because they just want you to use it for touch games like WarioWare Touch. Right, right, right. Or right. if Brain Training came out, yep. insert your touch generations game name here. That will work better in that gotcha. mode. But what I'm trying to say is that when I want to play this gamepad only, I have to look at a small 4 by 3 image next to an even smaller mm -hmm. touchscreen image and it just feels okay. really strange. Jose, to be fair, it's it's all put into place so you we can go back and play games like Mario Kart DS and re, re you know just return to <coughs> the wonderful legendary online mode that everyone loved so much that is now stripped away and gone forever. Oh man. <laughs> Cuz you can't play that game online. Yeah. It's a problem, but it's it's also they're building a legacy. They're building a box that has all their old stuff on it, and I, I, I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, and that's I think that's they're building the Nintendo Museum, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. going to be perpetual, yeah. right? Yeah. So why I strip think, that away? Yeah. Just sell yeah. the thing for two hundred bucks and get people back in the and museum. And I agree with both Done. of you, and I do want to say that this is all possibly part of an experiment to me to do two things: one, to get more games on the system because ultimately that's what they want, yep. and two, to continue to experiment with how sort of pub portable games can work on a bigger screen and yeah. if, and this will continue to be baked in into every Nintendo platform from here and back. Yeah, that's yep. a good way of That's what I'm hoping this yeah. is all this means, but uh, I still play it and go, why? Yeah. But why do you play it then? I don't know. You just wanted to check out. I, I mean, just, I want an answer. Too, I want an but, answer. But like I was not compelled First of all, I have them all, and I have the machines still, right? GM so money. I was not compelled. Wait, you, you're telling me you need GM money to have an old DS now? <laughs> <laughs> what? To have them all, all of these games that you have. Do you need General Motors money for that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. It's I a think GM we, of a yard we, sale. We, <laughs> we have master. gone on too long this week, and I, I'm, I'm out of gas. But thank you very <laughs> much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN, but we're not the only show on IGN. There are a bunch of great podcasts, bunch of great videos, bunch of great projects and secret things not related to Nintendo, but things that uh, you should come back and check out. Yeah, we even have, uh, we're playing around with some new podcasts so like, we have one for Game of Thrones like, uh, look up Dragons on the Wall, like if you want to hear. Dragons on the Wall or yeah, Watchers on the Wall? No, it's Dragons on the Wall now. Oh, like, they changed apparently the there was some other show called Watchers on the Wall nobody oh, knew. Oh, no one noticed? Uh, so they, they changed the name, of course that, that wasn't intended, Research. but yeah, so um, check that show out, they're talking, it's it's every episode, it's like spoiler cast basically talking about all the things that are going on doesn't spoil anything if you've read if you haven't read the books until the end they actually tell you now we're going to talk about the book spoilers so it's really cool um and then we've got an anime one as well there's an anime podcast um it's already very popular we've mm -hmm. got one for anime Destiny. Club. yeah anime yeah. club uh there's fire, fire team chat, fire, uh, team chat. Yep. we're going to play around with some of those like any kind of game or topic that has depth we're going to experiment with see if you guys yep. like it if not we'll move on to the next yep. one definitely definitely and you also have plenty of reviews, news, features, and great videos from Brian Altano and his uh, awesome friends. A wacky gang of, yes. of rejects. Dropping, <laughs> dropping whales on people in GTA 5. It's all That's Star right. Wars I, right now, isn't it? I, Your world is all love Star, Star Wars. Wars. I got bit by the bug at Celebration, yeah. man. It's, mm. I just can't get rid of there it. I go. love Star Wars. All right. Well, you can also leave us some Andy? feedback. <laughs> Head on over to... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Andy iTunes. And oh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there. bit in that you guys don't want me to leave in if you keep going uh, you can also head on over to iTunes leave us feedback go over just find the podcast and tell the voice yep. chat it always helps us to know what you think and helps with visibility for the show as well mm -hmm. and thanks a lot for the support we've been we've been climbing on iTunes again All right. uh, doing really well and that's uh, in a large part thanks to you the listener lastly you can also email us feedback at NBC at IGN.com let us know what you think of the show or submit more questions because we love those 
to the question block. Make sure that's in the subject line. It just helps us find your question in a much faster fashion. All right, that's the show. We've made it. Uh, Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Per Schneider at... Agent Bizzle. You can find Brian Altano at... Per underscore Schneider. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even it. You got it wrong. Overscore... I'm kidding. I know he what says John. it every week. I know what it is. I'm trying to. He's trying to be funny. And you can find myself, Otero underscore Jose, on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My gran says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing. A story glass production presented by Realm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now, providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.